uh, Skullboys. The Street Press Podcast with Sean Fraser. For a start, there are not enough white men doing podcasts. I've got to always support that when that comes along. I was talking to a mate today at a baby queue. We didn't cook a baby. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was. I just want to thank you. Yeah, no, it was me. He wouldn't shake our hand until he finished putting on his glove. Imagine what he's like during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got you here for the podcast after your big night last oh. night, so I'm stoked with that. I get a thrill knowing that you're doing what you're doing. That's good. Well, I don't know what I'm doing today. We're just sort of just winging it. Did you moon Kylie Minogue? Yeah. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Street Press Podcast. My name is Sean Fraser. I hope things for you are going really, really well. Uh, what have I been doing? Well, the weekend, the footy's back, the Tigers back in action at Leichhardt, lose to the Titans. Uh, looks like it's going to be the same old year for the uh, for the Mighty West Tigers. But hey, I'll still support them. That's what good footy fans do. They support their team, even if their side hasn't made the finals in 10 years. Um, look, this week, I'm really excited about this week's episode. This is Felix Parker. He is the singer, he's the songwriter of a band called Cloning. They're from WA, they're from Perth. And uh, look, they're in their early 20s and they are absolutely kicking ass at the moment. They've already done Australian tours and they're already talking about doing more. Uh, so that's how well they're doing at the moment. They're on the radio. They're, uh, a few of their songs are getting quite a fair bit of airplay as well. And uh, I called up Felix and I said, let's have a chat, mate. Let's talk about where cloning is up to at the moment. Uh, and it's a very interesting chat. We spoke about an incident on the way to their show at the weekend that has just passed uh, in the car. There was a bit of an accident. And uh, look, everyone's okay. But uh, a bit of a wild incident on the way to the festival. We also spoke about why you don't need to sign to a record label. Now, we have had this discussion before, a few times before. I think we had like a Red Hook on the show. It's all about DIY and doing it yourself these days. Um, these record labels might spit out a bit of cash for you or give you some sort of advancement. But uh, I speak to Felix about why it's probably not the best idea to take the uh, first offer that comes your way. Also talk about working with big-time producers. There's some pretty good talent over there in WA um, sitting behind the engineering table. And uh, we talk about cloning, selling out a show that's 4,000 kilometres away. And we also discuss why he only eats 10 meals. (laughs) He's just decided only 10. Just 10 will do. So let's bring him on. You'll find out why. Felix Parker, the lead singer, songwriter of the band Cloning. How are you, mate? Good, man. Thanks for having me. That's all good. How you been? Yeah, good, man. Just got back from um, Nanop Music Festival Cup a day ago, which was, it was good, fun, but also felt like I needed wilderness survival skills or something to <laughs> camping. Wait, well, tell me about the drama. There was, was there a bit of drama in the car? Yeah, I was on the freeway, um, only like 30 minutes out of Perth, and then there was this big pallet of wood that some truck had left. So, yeah, struck <laughs> that. You know, not my best moments. So, yeah, that took out a few car tyres, and then we missed our first um our first set, but I'm insured and stuff, so I'm chilling. But it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's rough. So, is the car okay? No, probably, I don't think so, but I think it'll be fixable. I think. And, um, and how did the festival, how did the rest of the festival go? Usually, when, um, you know, things start that way, 
it only gets worse over the weekend. Did the music festival pick you back up? Were you were you fine once the uh, you know the accident in the car had happened? Yeah, yeah, it did. I think camping has never really been my strong suit. It reminded me a bit of kind of being forced to go on school camps because we were camping. But um, the actual <laughs> music was very good. There was a lady called Liz Stringer who I hadn't heard before who played, and she was really good. So there, there were some cool bands playing. And you played a few times over the weekend, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we played twice. Um, we were going to play it three times, but obviously car. But so, yeah, <laughs> we did two in the end. <laughs> now, is the car that you damaged, is that the uh, car that you, the whole band gets around in? No, um, we're really disorganised with how we get to places. I think we're the least kind of... Um, coordinated band so we we were taking a few cars um because we have quite a bit of gear so that's good at least bevan tries to kind of repair cars but i don't know if i'd trust any of them to actually take to a gig (laughs) Uh, that's that's fair enough now look you're in a band called cloning cloning are from perth obviously your friend izzy she's a colleague of mine so a friend a friend of izzy's is a friend of mine yeah she's dope yeah, she told me all about you guys, and um, you guys are doing really well. I mean, I'm I'm looking at some of the things on socials and whatnot. You you toured last year. You're about to come back out and tour again to the uh, to the east side. That's pretty full on. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been really exciting. It's been kind of a a slow burn with our band. I think we kind of self managed and motivated and. COVID came around and we rescheduled, you know, three tours and caught COVID ourselves. Mm. So it's really cool to sort of be in this position now where it feels like people want to hear what we're making. On that tour last year, you played one show that you sold out, right? Yeah, that was in Brisbane. And that, I think that might have been the first show we've sold out, actually, because we get fairly big shows um in Perth, but... There's not that many venues, so we'll tend to kind of play ones that are maybe a little bit too big for us to sell out here just because it's one of the better venues in town. We like the sound and the vibes. So, yeah, we were pretty surprised to sell out Brisbane. <laughs> and, I mean, from where you guys are in Perth to Brisbane is probably about 4,000 kilometres away. What, yeah. <laughs> d- describe that feeling when you take to the stage. You're playing to a sold-out audience so far away from home. It's pretty surreal, um, very emotionally validating, I think, as well, because that's probably the thing we enjoy most about music is other people getting some kind of benefit from it. Not that we're huge narcissists or anything, which is kind <laughs> of, we like sharing our music. And I think Queensland's really cool, and it's sort of like Perth, but alternate dimension and three times the size, and rugby league is really big there, yeah. which it's really nice. Because um, we'd never been there before. Yeah, well, I mean, it's even more special when you haven't been there before and you can get to play to a uh, to a packed audience. Hey, you're a bunch of friends, aren't you? You've known each other for a very, very long time. Yeah, three of us went to school together and we've always kind of just been into bands and music. And Bevan, our guitarist, we met through a mutual friend. He grew up in Kalgoorlie, which is a sort of regional goldfields mining town in um northern wa and his dad's a music teacher so that's kind of why he was in cal um they moved around up there a bit as a kid with his dad teaching at different schools basically how old were you guys when you started playing music together 
Oh, I think we started messing around when we would have been 15 or so, but we didn't really form a band as such until after school. So um, maybe when we were 21, 22, we sort of put out songs that we felt other people would like for a change. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing what you say with that comment there is you were just sort of writing songs that you guys loved. Um, weren't necessarily sure if others would like them, but you, did you sort of go with the grain? You sort of uh, change your style a little bit to make it a little more uh, pleasurable to the ears of others? I think, I'm not sure. I think we just kind of figured out how to write music that people liked. It, it can be kind of, I don't think it's necessarily a kind of natural born talent thing for a lot of people with songwriting. I definitely think we just sort of figured it out as we went and we were kind of pottering through uni degrees and stuff and playing music, writing songs. And after doing that for long enough, they just seemed to get better. (laughs) We're quite self-critical, I think, in terms of just wanting to make as good music as we can. So you guys start writing some songs in your early 20s and uh, you get a few EPs out there. Where's the first big break? When when did that come? We put out a song called Past in Our Pockets in 2020. And I think that was the one which just really opened a lot of doors for us. We put out an EP, Pillars of Salt, 2019, um, and that got pretty minimal sort of fanfare. We've never really been a industry band kind of getting the the accolades and stuff which is fine because music is subjective and we're not the kind of guys that sit there going why don't this radio station want to play us no (laughs) um yeah but it's been a lot more of a kind of diy grassroots gradual kind of upcoming and passing our pockets i think that was a bit of a change for us with sort of just focusing on more kind of vulnerable honest authentic lyrics that were maybe a little bit less kind of vague and I think that seemed to connect with people. I'm glad you say you're not so reliant on um, you know radio play for example because for some bands it's a bit sad actually but they'll bust up because of that if they're not getting any radio play they're Mm. like "Well, well what's the point but it's good to not be reliant on that on that and obviously you did get radio play in the end didn't you? Yeah yeah we do we do now um and that's cool and all, but yeah, we always sort of just focus on trying to do our own thing and having our own audience. Cause yeah, like you said, so many bands, if the radio presenters um just decide it's not really their flavor anymore, it can be quite career ending, sadly. Yeah. And I, I think obviously what I'm getting from you is you guys are in it for the right reasons. You love writing songs, you like being mates, you like being in a band together. Yeah. Uh you got this good, solid group of people that are starting to really enjoy your music and you're putting on a good show. So uh you're in it for the right things. I saw, I was reading, you guys got a review by the Rolling Stone. Yeah, that was really dope. And I think that's a dream of a lot of musicians, you know, it's like it's sort of on the bucket list. So that's cool. Yeah, it was sick. The editor had reviewed a couple of our things for another magazine called Tone Deaf, and then he moved to Rolling Stone, and we just pitched them our EP that we'd put out, and he was into it, which was awesome. When you get a review like that, are you the person that wants to jump online and check it out straight away, or are you sort of a bit hesitant? I think nowadays press seems to be a little bit less scathing. So I think we've kind of worked out that if there is going to be a blog article about us, usually 
it'll be positive if they've taken the time to write it at this stage because they're just so busy. Oh, that's cool. So what were some of those things in the in the Rolling Stone articles? Was it a song? Was it a whole, out, uh, whole EP they were talking? It was a song, actually. Yeah, not an EP, my bad. It was a song called Closure that we put out, um, and that was one of the first ones we recorded ourselves. We started out recording our music with Dave Parkin, who did Carnival, who were oh, yeah. a pretty cool WA band, and he did Spacey Jane's first album as well. He's just done a whole lot of stuff in WA, and he's very talented. But Nick, our bass player, is an engineer himself and kind of started learning as we were working with Dave. So yep. now we just do it ourselves. And Closure was the first one where we did that. You're talking um, a producer who has got a lot of big acts under his belt, um, Carnival, Spacey Jane's huge. What do you take from a producer with such experience like that? You know, are you taking the song in there and he's not tweaking much or are you learning a lot from him and he's, he's chopping and changing your songs? And how, how's that process when you're in with a guy like him? It's been really interesting. I think that it's different every time. Dave is a very kind of chill, egoless guy. So some songs he'll just go, this is done. This sounds good to go. And then other ones he'll suggest changing a section or he'll say the chorus doesn't feel like a chorus, write a better one kind of as well, (laughs) which is great. That kind of honest feedback can be really hard to get. And especially with recording the actual parts, sometimes with recording vocals, we might spend a few hours doing it for just one song. So Dave was really helpful when we were just starting out with kind of teaching us more about performing the songs and how you might adopt a particular style to sing a certain song versus how you might perform another one so he's a really clever guy and we learned a lot from dave do you find when he comes up to you and he tells you that he wants you to change the chorus is he not happy with the words is he not happy with the melody is it both i think it's usually the melody for dave dave kind of comes from a bit of a school of thought sometimes where the lyrics aren't that crucial as long as they sound good and are catchy so it's often him going yeah it doesn't stick in my head he kind of would pace around his studio with the music playing and then he'd just kind of go, yeah, it's not, you know, sticking in my head, which is good, <laughs> really good. That's good. I love hearing those stories about someone walking around the studio listening to the song over and over. That's a producer that cares. Yeah, he cares so much. He's the best producer in WA, I think, and he's been very gracious to us with letting us kind of rip off his his sound abilities because he's taught Nick a lot about how to engineer and produce and record because that's something Nick's really passionate about. And the rest of us are quite passionate about pulling tones, kind of working on the actual how an instrument is going to sound and tweaking it. But in terms of sitting there for, you know, eight hours Mm. mixing something, we don't have that passion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's fair enough. I've had a few people on this podcast, whether it's been Red Hook, Sly Withers, the Delta Riggs. They're all DIY bands still. Mm. How about you guys? Are you doing it all yourselves? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're self-managed as well. I think it's probably at the point realistically where we do need management just because we have so much to handle ourselves. It's kind of too much to handle, but it can be quite a risky 
business bringing on a manager and it's not something that we rush we'd much rather just slog it out ourselves handling things and make sure that when we eventually get a manager it's someone who believes in our music isn't going to rip us off and also isn't necessarily just telling us we need to be making smash hits all the time or you know saying this song's not commercial enough or all of those kind of things definitely work into it a lot in terms of labels we just don't really see any point because they'll offer you i've got friends who've been offered label deals and you know they'll offer you a tokenistic amount of money it's a cash advance and then take eight percent of your recordings Mm -hmm. i mean you may as well just get a bank loan so and then keep your rights so that's kind of how we feel about that unless a really good offer came through Emmy from Red Hook said the same thing. They've been offered a few things. You know, when you lay it all down on the table and you put pen to pad and start adding a few things up, it's better to keep your own music unless you're going to sign some Capitol Records deal. But, I mean, they're very few and far between, aren't they? They are. They are, yeah. And it's kind of dubious about how much they can really push a song these days as well because Mm -hmm. they kind of tend to go for artists who are already in a position doing well. So you kind of wonder where do they come in? They give you some money. Great. <laughs> you know, cool. <laughs> yeah. You guys obviously all the way on the other side of the country and you're playing all these gigs that are coming up on this side. That's costly. Yeah. COVID really slaughters slaughters you with the airfares as well. It's an interesting thing about Perth kind of bands. You definitely have to be quite driven and I guess have good music to, to end up <laughs> in a position where you can tour because, yeah. yeah, it does bust the bank <laughs> yeah tell us about your latest song you're talking about um eating too much takeaway food and um oh, yeah <laughs> yes yeah, that's only human and i guess it's just sort of about the the wake of a relationship and kind of feeling regrets about it or how it ended wondering if you should have done things differently and yeah i guess the the takeaway f- food is probably a relevant thing i eat a lot of junk food <laughs> don't feel don't feel bad about it, but I think I tend to exaggerate it in what's the lyrics. <laughs> okay, okay. Firstly, what's your favourite junk food? Oh, I love the McDonald's chocolate thick shakes and the the McFrappe kind of McFlurries, the McFlurries and the chips as well. We always get those on tour as well, and we we're pretty amazed when we were over east. You can just get Maccas at anywhere three in the morning oh yeah get a priority delivered um, <laughs> yeah. yeah so we were just thinking you know we should be moving we should be over on the east coast for these late night feeds <laughs> hey Izzy said to me she t- told me on the slide she said i ask him about his uh 10 foods or 10 favorite foods or something yeah, like that's not it's a restrictive <laughs> diet it's um you know i prefer to think about it as being refined but yeah look it's not that many there's a lot of pizza as well i love margarita pizzas yeah, um, it's quite carb centric i'm kind of like a vegetarian but i just only eat carbs so yeah. you know it's a new kind of diet really when she said that i was like that's actually pretty interesting you know <laughs> <laughs> you've got your 10 and uh and you're sticking to it exactly yeah <laughs> hey obvi- you're the songwriter in the band yeah i am yeah you're talking about heartbreak relationships breaking down mm. what do you like to write about do you do you have a certain you know genre that you write about i often just sit down and get the sort of kernel or nugget for a song and that's kind of a sort of um subconscious process and then you figure out 
what the rest of the song is going to be around that. So I might get the chorus, for example. But I do tend to, I guess, write about things like nostalgia, friendships changing, lives changing, heartbreak, love, loss, tragedy, those kind of things. And just sort of experiences I've had moving through my life or experiences sometimes other people have had. Well, that's the thing. Um, Breakups, nostalgia, losing friends, that kind of thing, death. They're the things that happen to everyone. So uh, it's always yeah. good to be on the same page. What's the, what's your favourite song you've written? I really like How Could You Ever Think I Hated You. Um, and it's our biggest song as well. Everyone hates all the other ones. They're all shit. <laughs> nah, I, I'm quite proud of that one. What's the basis of that one? Uh, I had a falling out with a close friend and they were just kind of under the impression that I hated them basically, but I didn't just kind of miscommunications and anxieties and relationship breakdowns would be the the shtick going into that one. Do you reckon that friends heard the song? I think so. (laughs) I I, I had Dave Faulkner on here from the Hooter Gurus. He had a similar explanation to what you just said then. Uh, He was talking about a relationship breakdown or a friendship breakdown. Yeah, and he wrote a song about that person and that person did hear it. I think from memory, they sort of rekindled their friendship after the song was out there. That's why I asked you that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, we are still friends, so we did make up. Ah, oh, cool. There you go. Two from two. I never really admit to people that a song's about them. Oh, <laughs> so, so no, no, no. I'm a hundred. I'm a hundred percent the same. I wrote a song a while ago called "Little Miss Bad News." Yeah, and because it's so like, well, it's not specific, but it's like. Ooh, who 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 did you write that about? And uh, I never say it. <laughs> you know, neither, it's just neither. <laughs> it's probably not fair, actually. I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's not fair on that person to to say that. I also heard Missy Higgins saying the other day she wrote a lot of her early songs about one guy, and uh, he says that he goes to all the shopping centers, no matter where he goes. He goes on a bus, goes to shopping centers, jumps in a taxi. He keeps hearing this bloody song about himself. And uh, and he, he sent her a message. They're still kind of friends. He's like, I can't stand this. Uh, everywhere I go, this song is about me. And she goes, well, you shouldn't have been such a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> so, yeah, the tour that's coming up, going to be in Sydney, going to be in Brisbane again. Mm. Yeah, we're in Brisbane at Black Bear Lodge on the 6th of April. Then we are in Melbourne at the Gasometer on the 8th of April the Chippo Hotel in Sydney on the 9th of April and Perth, the Indian Ocean Hotel on the 15th. What's it like playing that hometown show? It's really sick. It's a nice way to to cap it off as well and kind of end it. Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's interesting as you kind of start playing over East, you just somehow get more popular in your own hometown as well. I think yeah. it's just the fact that you're out doing things. Yeah, you've gone out and experienced a bit more and you bring it back and uh, can can display it. Um, well, I'd love to come and see you guys play. Yeah, please come. I'll put you on the door. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's at the Chip. The Chippo is such a cool venue. Yeah, yeah. I've heard really good things about it. We're friends with this band called Stumps from Sydney who we met when we supported them in Perth and they said it was really nice and they've seen a few shows there before. All right, look, I'll have to drag Izzy along. I'm sure she'll probably already be there. Thank you so much for jumping on the Street Press podcast this week. Yeah, absolute pleasure to have you. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime.
Yeah, there you go. Felix from Cloning. He's rattled off the dates there right at the end of the pod. So if you want to go and check them out, they're playing uh, They're playing everywhere. Um, I think Adelaide is the only one that's missed. Adelaide always misses out. Um, but, yeah, cool. Up-and-coming band, Cloning. Um, they're p- quite well established, to be honest. But uh, I-, I call them up-and-coming because they're still young and a lot younger than I am. So uh, yeah, go check them out. All right, it's time for this. Letters! This is the part of the show called Letters where you can write on in and uh, and I'll read it out. Go to the streetpresspodcast.com forward slash letters. And uh, this week, I got a few people writing to me about the Ritzy Kids' latest single that released last week. It's called Dark Blue Sky. If you haven't heard it, go and check it out. Uh, Cam says, the new track is a banger, mate. Maddie says, there's a guitar screech just before the chorus that made me a little... Yeah, you got to use your own imagination there. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Uh, <laughs> and Tim says, great new song, man. Love the chorus. I remember it from the Woodport show. So thank you so much for writing on in. Um, yeah, Dark Blue Sky, released last week. It's uh, it's one of the band's favourite songs to play. Um, as for the Ritzy Kids, we're playing this week. We are playing at Wombrel Surf Club. We are supporting the Bennies. Uh, tickets are available at the door. Um, the time of this podcast, it's going to come out on on a Wednesday. We're playing tonight. So if you're listening to this on the Wednesday, we're playing tonight. Come and check it out if you want a midweek beer and a bit of punk rock. And as you may or may not know, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we opened up the memberships for the Street Press podcast. It has been so cool seeing uh, a bunch of names signing up. Uh, for exclusive access, basically you get access to the members area, you get exclusive blog posts, you get your name in the draw to win prizes each week, you get 10% off merch, um, and it's 4 bucks a month. So all of, <laughs> all of that for $4 a month, um, if you want to do that, you want to support the podcast that supports the people, go to the streetpresspodcast.com, click join. Now this week... A really cool prize, actually. Days Apparel Co. They're a clothing brand on the Central Coast run by Jem. She is the one designing. She is the one getting these shirts, these beanies, these hats, all of that printed. It's a really cool brand too. Great fitting clothes. She's given me a bundle to give away. So one lucky member is going to win the Days Apparel Co bundle and we'll send that out to you you'll find out if you're a winner via email thank you so much gem for sending that out and if anyone wants to check out the brand hit up days apparel co on instagram that easy all right that is the end of this week's episode i want to have your ears back here next wednesday we're going to have someone else from the industry and i'm telling you next week's episode is a cracker ta-da 